from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's The Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Rachel Cruz, Ramsey personality, number one best-selling author, co-host of the Smart Money Happy Hour on the Ramsey Networks, and my daughter is my co-host today. Thank you for joining us, America. The phone number is 888-825-5225. Cheryl is in Medford, Oregon. Hi, Cheryl. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Thank you, Dave and Rachel, for taking my call. This is a first-time caller, and I'm a little... Um, uh, I'm happy to be here. Well, we're honored to have you. Glad How can you're we here, help? Cheryl. Big breath. So um, I have a question. Um I'm in my late 60s, and I'm married happily to my husband. Um, we have five adult children. I've been listening for about a year. And um, what's changed in my situation is my mom passed away about five months ago. Mm, sorry. And mm. um, thank you. Um, it's been, uh, she was sick for a while, so, uh, you know, it still was hard. But the situation is she left. We grew up on a piece of property uh, there, and she's been there since about 1958 and we all grew up there and now this property is in a trust and we're all trying to figure out how to divide it amongst us and it's just been um really volatile not that i um haven't contributed to it because i i'm you know a woman but um i just want to do and honor the lord and just you know honor my sister and my brother but it's difficult because they've all put a lot of money into the ranch and my mother has it in the estate that she wants it divided amongst us. And we've kind of been an outsider because we've branched in other places. And now uh, we're here now, and we're just trying to figure out our role so in that. So what, what, what is the trust asking people to do, and what is it they don't want to do? Um, the trust has asked that we divide it equally amongst ourselves. How is that fair opinion. if they put money into it and you didn't? Um. Let's see how do I go about that. Um, they they invested it in areas that benefited them and in, in kind of a, an area that they wanted to. Um, how did it benefit yeah, them? They didn't own it. Did they make money well, off of that? Yes, one was in uh, hemp, um, trying to grow hemp for a couple of years and building a building that um, utilized that resource. And then another was. Yeah, but in, that building uh, now has a value, regardless of whether hemp's in it or not. Correct, 50000 Yeah, and that, that building, if they built that building with their money, your mom didn't, that should be their money, right? Correct. If I was them, that's how I would see it. Okay. Which is, let me tell you, the whole idea that they would build a building on someone else's property without having everything lined out in the trust in detail was pretty stupid because it sets up a big argument. Your mother and um, your brothers and sisters should have their butts kicked for not doing this properly because it leaves you in a lurch. So they, what is it they're wanting to do, the brothers well, and sisters? I, my sister has moved a lot of property. Uh, let's see, has milled, moved buildings onto the property and put buildings on the property, some of them legitimate and some of them not. And then she wanted um, 150000 for providing care for my mother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But the trust doesn't allocate that. No, and then her she lived on the property, and her children did. Fifty percent of her children did at the same time for the last five years. With no rent. Correct. 
Okay. All right. Mm. And so, um, well, uh, so I guess the negotiating is that um, I, I assume you guys have an estate. Is there who's the trustee? My brother. Oh Jesus. Okay. The youngest. And he, so he's really caught in this. Bless his heart. Yeah, be, yeah, he is. Yeah. He, okay. He, so his job, unless you guys come to a mutual conclusion otherwise, he doesn't have a choice. He legally has to follow the terms of the trust, whether he wants to or not. His only out is that everyone agree to something different and go along with it. But otherwise, he's going to divvy this up straight up. He has to, because otherwise he's liable for suit. He has a fiduciary trust responsibility as the trustee to execute the terms of the trust. If he doesn't, any one of you that are the beneficiaries would have have cause against him. So, Cheryl, the fact that you know that there's other, you know, that they've put money into it. How are you feeling? Are you are you on one side saying, yeah, you got to divide it up a third, a third, a third. It's what it says. Or are you like, I want to be fair in this and do the right thing. I just don't know what it is. Where are you yeah. at in all of it? Well, it's kind of complicated because um, all the assets are on one part of the property. It's it's worth 2.2, but it's hard. Uh, some of it's exclusive farming, and so you can't really do anything with it and not necessarily can build on it. And that's the part that we've been interested in. But then when we research it, it's going to be pretty expensive to try to you know, put things that we have to do to live there, and we live about an hour away. Why don't you just Mine? sell it? And that's that's a possibility, too. Your part. I mean, just sell your part. Oh. Well, we've, we just wanted to farm. You know, it's kind of our way to, to try to... Well, we have cattle. We don't have a place for them. We've had a, we have a couple at, at the ranch right now, but we have... Um, so you're thinking about moving on the property? Well, we've been thinking about it, but it's been a little Next door to all these people that you disagree with. Well, that sounds that's, joyful. That's, that's what I'm concerned about. Yeah, I know? guess so. That doesn't sound fun at all. Like next door to my brother who's still mad about something that happened 15 years ago. Oh, my God. Uh, I would have to have real good, solid, loving, harmonious relationships before I'd want to live next door to him. And I don't know if this story you're telling me ends there. So you need to consider that part of it. But here's the here's the here's your bottom line on the whole thing. Let's pretend that you wanted to allow your hemp brother and your sister tenant to get a little more than you got cuz they put buildings on it. In my mind, uh, the care that she provided for your mom is offset by the fact she got free rent. So that's absolute bull. I'm dropping that one if I'm you. But um, she gets nothing. Uh, she already got it. It's called free rent. And so then, then whoever brought buildings on will take the value of those buildings mm-hmm. out of the equation and then split what's left three ways. Then they get their buildings back. And so that because you should not benefit, I don't think, ethically from them putting a building on the property because you didn't put money in it. It's their money. Again, the whole thing was dumb, 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 dumb that you all let that the family did this. Doing this stuff is how people end up not speaking to each other generationally. You end up with the Hatfields and the McCoys. And so, yeah, you're just it's just. Dumb, but anyway, it's all that's water under the bridge. But let's say that you said, "All right, we're going to take the buildings off. Now we run an appraisal. Then you get your buildings back, 
on so you you know you got you got your buildings back and then i get my third of what's left i would agree to doing that and no hundred and fifty thousand that is exchanged for the free rent if you all agree to that then little brother the trustee can go along with that otherwise he has to execute the trust he does not have a choice this is the ramsey show Hey guys, it's Rachel Cruz here to tell you about a faith-based alternative to health insurance that can make healthcare more affordable, Christian Healthcare Ministries. CHM allows members to share each other's healthcare costs, and it's as easy as one, two, three. Step one, choose the healthcare provider you want. Step two, submit your eligible bills. And step three, get reimbursed. CHM members take care of your eligible medical bills. With no network and the freedom to choose your healthcare provider, CHM is the best option for Christians who want to take care of their families and help other believers. Find out more at chministries.org slash budget. That's chministries.org slash budget. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Debbie is in San Francisco on line five. Hi, Debbie. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Maybe not. I think I messed it up. Let's try again. How about now? Debbie, you there? I am here. There we go. What's up? How can we help? Well, I just want to know if, if there's ever a time when it would make sense to pay off home debt with um, traditional IRA. My situation is that um, I re- recently retired, and before I retired, we were cruising along. We ha- owe on our house about $65,000. Um, we had everything paid off. Um, my husband's self-employed and had a business credit card that he would pay off every month through through that. And all of a sudden, we had a situation after I retired where we had a series of unfortunate things happen. So now I'm sitting here, and it's like we owe $64,000 on the house. We now have a brand-new car loan that I didn't plan on buying for another year or two. And... Um, we're, we're basically retired. My husband's still doing a little bit of side work. But How old are so I'm you? On, I'm 65. And how much is in your retirement? We have $1.1 million. Why did you not just take out money and buy a car? Because it's all in traditional. I don't care. So Yeah. Well, okay. So that that's that's my question. Is, you have no is, money oh, except your IRAs? Well, we had about $40,000, but now it's down to about five. You, you have no money, basically, except your IRAs. Correct, yeah. You have a million dollars in traditionals. Yes. Way to go. You're millionaires. You're amazing. I, it's, it's great, but I'm so The fact that it feels all trapped kept it from feeling amazing, but just let's just take a minute here and go, hey, Debbie's a millionaire. Woo! Let's just stop and say that, right? Well, thank you. Yeah. It does, it does and her old man is, too, because he took the ride with her. So there we go. But, yeah. <laughs> All right. So what do you owe on a stupid car? Okay. So we owe 32000 Okay. So you need a hundred grand. So you're going to have to take out one hundred and fifty. dollars Ta-da. Yeah. Okay. So it's my stupid tax, right? No. You have to pay taxes on it. Yeah. Yeah. You might as well pay some taxes. I, okay. So I'm so relieved that you're saying this. Yes. Yeah, we, the only time we tell people not to cash out retirement in, at your age to pay off debt is if they don't have enough. Like if you told me I have a $500,000 mortgage and I have 600000 
in my retirement, I'd be going, Ugh, that's a hard one, right? You're not, but you're not looking at that. You got 900 grand left over when we finish talking, right? And, right. Uh, and then the other time we tell people not to use retirement is if they're not over 59 and a half, so they get penalized. So you don't uh, cash out your 401k when you're 45 because the government takes 10% plus your tax rate and they kick your butt. So all you're going to get hit with is the taxes that you have never yet paid on this earning on these earnings. Oh, I'm going to sleep so much better tonight. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> yeah, so you're debt free. Out. You're debt free by the end of the week. You got a couple uh, keystrokes on the computer to do to get the money out and get over there, and then you're fine. Um, and it's it's and you've got mandatory required minimum distributions at 72. You know that, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. That, that we're very aware, very aware of that. But yeah. I just felt like I had screwed everything up. No, you haven't screwed everything up. The only, I mean. The only thing you did is you probably bought a – I might go back and revisit that car decision. Oh, it sounds like you guys absolutely. panicked. But, uh, but yeah, but either way, um, you know, uh, you got the money. You're millionaires. I mean, you, you can make a $40,000 mistake when you have a million. You can't make a $40,000 mistake when you have 40000 It's kind of a problem. So, um, But you set yourself up. And it's not even a mistake because you actually own the car, and now we're just paying it off. The only big mistake was that. So – that that that's the process all right let's go to uh joel in houston hi joel welcome to the ramsey show hi ramsey how you doing better than we deserve how can dr john and i help well thank you so much for taking me on um but see i'm calling you today is just because i'm very nervous um about the new student loan payments you know, resuming and everything mm-hmm. um so i'm 24 years old you know i make sixty thousand dollars a year and I am soon to be married, so I'm currently engaged. Congratulations. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, what do you do? Uh, yeah, so um, I am a – so I work in logistics, uh, transportation logistics. You got a supply chain I'm, degree and you make sixty grand. Yes, sir. Well, that sucks. You need to make more than that. You're probably worth eighty. <laughs> I'm working towards it yet. Yeah, it took a while to get a sixty. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, dude, the marketplace right now is about 80 for a newly graduated. I mean, you got a four-year degree in supply chain? Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah, you're underpaid. I'll just tell you. You need to go look at Anyway, what? how much student loan debt have you got? <laughs> uh, so I have about 30000 on a car. You know, 30000 Joel. And you make sixty. Okay, how much is your student loan debt? Eighteen k. Okay, and, and your fiancé, what's she do? Uh, she works for um, a government facility. It's a ch- children's assessment center. Um, you know, they, they take care yeah. of children. They have them What's she make? Whatever. Um, she makes $19 an hour. And she has a four-year degree? Yes. Criminal justice. Okay. Uh, the two of you are vastly underpaid, so we're going to work on your careers for sure. Um, you bought a car you can't afford, sir. The car is in cray cray land. Nutty. <laughs> Nutty. Thirty a sixty thousand dollar car, you make I mean you make sixty and you have a thirty thousand dollar car, that doesn't work. You don't have a student loan problem, you got a car problem. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, Ner- nervous I, laugh means you're gonna keep it. What's that mean? And listen, dude, I, well, I drove the streets of Houston. That's where I grew up in a nineteen eighty eight Tercel Easy hatchback. A thousand <laughs> bucks. You don't need a forty thousand dollar car when you're broke. 
That is true. It was just an emergency. I had no... No, no. it was not a $30,000 emergency. <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> the beer just fell in my mouth, officer. No, you bought it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, man. Uh, nervous laughs aside, the number one mistake newly minted college graduates make is they go buy a car they can't afford. So you're not dumb. You just did what most college graduates do. You went and bought a car you can't afford. And if you don't hear this loud and clear, it's going to hold you back. Because if you didn't have a, what, $650 car payment making 60000 you wouldn't be calling me about the student loan debt. So right. if I woke up in your shoes, if you were my son and you call me, my nephew and you call me and you said, I'm getting ready to get married, Papa Dave, uh, what should I do to get ready to have a great life with this woman I'm in love with? I would say work on your career. You're underpaid. You're worth more than you think you're worth in the marketplace today. You're a stud. Supply chain is an excellent degree field. Way to go. Good choice. And you bought a car that indicates you were doing drugs. So stop. <laughs> doing this stop 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 get rid this would be papa dave talking to my nephew i'll be going you're, you're out of control dude you got to sell it so the best thing you can do for the future joel and the future joel's wife is to get rid of this car and get you a beater and get rid of the student loans as fast as you can by living on beans and rice rice and beans and work on your career choice and she needs to work on hers you go get a four-year degree to make 19 dollars. you can make 19 dollars at target if you didn't even get out of high school so um, that that's just ridiculous. She again, you both have accepted positions, and you've somehow justified or rationalized it that you're you're both worth more than you have been so far. But it's time time to work on those two areas. If I were you, that's what I would do. Yeah, my my dad's a criminal justice professor. I know that's underpaid. I know that's too low. And there's a number of things you can do across that. That well, there's, yeah, a whole bunch of stuff you can yeah. do with criminal justice, but but that's not nineteen dollars, right? So I mean, what do you and by the way, that's that's the, that's when, when when we say that that's when she says, "Well, I really love working with these kids." So I get that, yeah, I get that. But right now, you can't afford to do follow your heart or do mm-hmm. your passion thing or whatever Instagram is telling you to do because you got y'all got you bills. Quit to your pay. job and work with the youth group of the church, but that doesn't make sense. You, you mean, got you bills gotta, to pay. Right? You, you do work with the youth group of church and work a job. That's, that's right. how you do that. You do both. You, know, you can't mix the two up and be underpaid. It doesn't work. So, hey man, we're gonna put you guys through Financial Peace University as our wedding gift. Hold on, Austin's gonna pick up, and uh, we were messing with you pretty hard. But if you listen to what we said, it's gonna help you. This is the Ramsey Show. Hey, listen up. When we invest, most of us have no idea where our money is going. But the reality is your investments could be funding social and cultural causes that you would never choose to support. With Timothy Plan, you can avoid putting your hard-earned money into things you don't approve of and invest in companies that line up with your values. With Timothy Plan's pro-life, pro-family filter, you can invest with moral responsibility while going after competitive returns. So while it's still true that you can't serve God and money, you can make your money serve your values. Contact your financial advisor today to see if Timothy Plan is right for you. Visit timothyplan.com for more information. Investing includes risk, including possible loss of principal. Before investing, carefully consider a fund's investment objective, risks, charges, and expenses contained in the prospectus available at timothyplan.com. Read carefully before investing. Mutual funds distributed by Timothy Partners, LTD, and ETFs distributed by Foresight Fund Services, LSE. 
Jade Washaw, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. The Ramsey Show question of the day is sponsored by Neighborly, your hub for home services. From repairs and maintenance to remodeling and upgrades, Neighborly's trusted home service providers have trained local experts to handle almost any job. Download the Neighborly app and you can connect to all the help you need. These are great people. They are. Today's question of the day comes from Paula in Georgia. My son's school is running a food bank, so I sent him with some highly requested items, such as peanut butter, canned soup, and tuna fish. When my husband saw them, he insisted we don't donate quality items like these and instead only donate rice and beans. I'm aware that you've told people to eat beans and rice if they're on a tight budget and cannot afford to indulge in nicer foods. However... I also know that you value generosity and giving, and I didn't see anything wrong with donating something other than beans and rice. Do you believe that the same principle applied to those on a tight budget should also be applied to recipients of food banks? Oh, brother. I don't mean to laugh, but it's just so silly. That's silly. It's silly. Yeah. Number one, when we say beans and rice, honey, it's a metaphor. A metaphor is a, a representation philosophically of an actual item. I am not suggesting that people only live on beans and rice. I am suggesting that you quit spending so dadgum much money on food, especially <laughs> eating out all the time. So probably prime rib is not on your list sure. or lobster tail, but possibly even some hamburger helper might make the list. You don't have to just literally do beans and rice. It's a metaphor. I think this guy was just looking for an excuse to be a tightwad. He he didn't have to look for an excuse. He already was. (laughs) I mean, goodness gracious. And it's not like tuna fish is that big of an upgrade from rice and beans. I mean, come on now. And here's the deal. I mean, what we're talking about is you limiting your consumption so you can create margin to move ahead. We're not talking about those poor people don't need any good food. What in the world, dude? Seriously. Seriously. Yeah, that's horrible. Yes, they need some good food. Send them some good food. You cheapskate. Your wife is right. Your son is even better. Yeah. Learn from them, sir. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. If you're going to give something away, be generous with what you're giving. That's right. Holly, I'm going to give you a car, but it doesn't really run because you can just <laughs> you can figure that out for yourself. What in the world? You know what, Dave, though? I, I've, I've been, okay, so I've been here about 13 months, 14 months. I am shocked at how many people I've encountered that think the beans and rice, rice and beans thing is literal. Let me tell you what's worse. Okay. 30 years of doing this. Mm-hmm. I have had precisely 4,732 offers to co-author a beans and rice cookbook with other listeners. <laughs> I made that up, but it's close to 4,000. I mean, it's unbelievable. The, I, and apparently it would be a bestseller if we could just get the people that wanted to co-author it Look. with me to buy it. But yeah, people no, keep asking me about it. And a I'm beans like, and rice oh. cookbook. No, it's it's a it's a metaphor. It's a metaphor. It's a metaphor. Yes, you can eat, you, you can eat different foods. Look it up. Doesn't. Look up metaphor. It's good. For, <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, but we oh. don't need to be going out to eat every night at some fancy spancy thing, or for that yeah. matter, for fast food. Yeah, because it's fast, but it's not necessarily food. And the right. um, and, and you know. You're working so that you can learn to put yourself as a guy I used to work for would say, we're working so I can get enough money that I can read the menu from left to right. I know that's right. I don't start with the price. I get to start with the thing and pick what I want. Mm -hmm. Price is irrelevant. But when you're broke, 
you self-manage your consumption, not other people imposing on you yeah. their, their beans and rice. Mm-hmm. So, oh my gosh. Yeah, then you're entering into like a judgment kind of zone, I think. And it's like, well, yeah. just be generous <sighs> if you can. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, it, you, you kind of missed the point, sir. Yeah. Kind of, not kind of, you did. You did. All right, Ayla is with <laughs> us. Ayla's in Washington, D.C. Hi, Ayla, what's up? Hi, Mr. Ramsey. Hey. Um, I was wondering if we should pay off our current mortgage and relocate for a current, cheaper mortgage. What's making you ask that question? Wait, wait, pay off your current mortgage and, or relocate and get a cheaper mortgage. What would be cheaper than a paid-off mortgage? Um, so we bought a house that needed to be fixed up. So we fixed it up and now it's, we just had a realtor come out and tell us what we could list it as. My husband was in the military and just got out and his job fell through. So it kind of shook us and we just wanted to move somewhere with the proceeds to have a cheap enough mortgage to be covered by my disability. Okay, um, so you're not you don't have the opportunity to pay off your mortgage. You're talking about moving to a less expensive property because you're scared about his income. Right. Why do you think he's not going to get an income? Um, it's not so much that he wouldn't get one. We're just um, kind of thinking about reprioritizing our time. The house that we bought is a historic house, so it takes a lot of maintenance. We do a lot of the work ourselves. That's and, a different discussion. What do you owe on that house? Uh, four ninety, four hundred ninety. Okay. I already don't like the house. I hate that we have spent so much time on it. We can get some good money for it and get something I like is a good, reasonable move. Mm-hmm. I'm using okay. his lack of a job and a cheaper mortgage as my excuse is not okay. Okay. Um, you see the we're, difference? We're just kind of, we're both, yeah, we're both on the same boat. So we're just, you know. The boat where he doesn't work? Just that he has more flexibility and we're not. Doesn't work much. How old well, is he? not right now. How old is he? We're 25 and 26. Okay. He needs to get a career, darling. It's not good for yeah. him to not work much. <laughs> I'm not saying he won't work. I am saying saying he needs to get a career where he works. Okay. I'm hearing the code words in your language. Uh, 100%. He's not wanting to work much at all. And that's worrying me. Part of it is he got knocked out of the saddle and didn't get the other Uh job, and he's lost some of his confidence. And you're clearly worried because you're talking about selling your Your house house and relocating so that you could only live on your disability. Like you said it with your own words. I don't think that that came out right. We, okay. He wants to work. That's not the issue. The issue is is that we want to be more flexible with not having to deal with the house and not having a mortgage that's so high. Is the mortgage and more than 25% of your take-home pay? It is now that he's no. not working. But before that, was it? No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Okay. Okay. So your mortgage amount is not your problem. The house, if you want to get rid of a house that's a money pit where you work on it all the time, I don't blame you. I would do that. Okay, but let, let's not couch that in. He wants more flexibility. 
And when I'm mm-hmm. talking about his job, your answer is he wants more flexibility. It wasn't when I was talking about the house repairs you said that. So okay, I didn't yeah, I didn't no, misunderstand it, you. You said it real clearly. So what what we need to do? Let's 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 parse this out and break it up. Number one, the two of you need to get really good, cool, strong careers that you're passionate about. I will send you a copy of Ken Coleman's book, From Paycheck to Purpose. Number two, it doesn't sound like your mortgage is off. Me neither. And I'm I'm actually wondering. Number three, I would sell a house. It's a money pit, and I had to screw with it all the time. It drove me nuts. That's true, but I don't know that. If it's a money pit, that's one thing, but I don't know. I'd be interested to know more. She's in Washington, D.C. Where does she plan on relocating? Hmm. Where she's gonna? They may be moving to a whole different city. Too. Yeah, that's possible. But yeah, which would be less expensive for sure. Yeah, I, I'm getting rid of the money pit, but I'm also getting a career. Yeah, they need and probably getting a house about the same price range that in the money pit. Mm-hmm. When I make the move, that's would be my advice to you guys. Don't don't mix these things together and create some kind of false narrative that's not really going on. Okay, that's what I heard you saying. I think you were saying it whether you wanted to or not. Mm-hmm. This is The Ramsey Show. George Campbell, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. You jump in. We'll talk about your life and your money. Johnny is with us in Irvine, California. Hi, Johnny. Welcome to The Ramsey Show. Hi there. Thank you for taking my call. How are you guys? Better than we deserve. What's up? Great. Well, I'm calling to see what you guys would do if you were in my shoes. I'm 22 years old. I fully support myself. I take home about $5,000 per month. I have zero debt. I have $60,000 in savings, a $3,000 emergency fund. And I've been listening for the past year or so. And some of my friends and mentors are into long-term real estate investing. So I've been saving toward that for the past couple of years. Ideally, I'd like to start building some long-term wealth, wealth, and so I just wanted to see what you guys would do if you were in my shoes. Wow. You are beyond beyond ahead of the game. Well done. Very well done. Thank you. Well, I um, probably have a different view on real estate investing than your mentors. Sure. And I probably own more than they do, <laughs> given that I own about $600 million worth, okay? Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, the... Uh, uh, I, I do not believe in borrowing money, Johnny, because you, and you've heard that listening to the show and I don't for my real estate investing, I pay cash for it. And so the first real estate investing I did, and I've always loved real estate, um, that I did after going broke and starting completely over. And with this new, I don't borrow money thing, uh, as a part of the guidelines, uh, was I didn't do real estate investing at first. I just started piling money in mutual funds. And when I got enough in, in, an, in, in an index fund, is what I used, an S&P 500 index fund, When I, it took me about five years to buy my first income-producing property. I paid cash for it. And then I took mm-hmm. all of those rents, net of expenses, and any other money I could, and I threw it in an index fund until I had enough to buy another property. And then I took all the rents from the two properties and any money I could scrape together from anywhere else, book royalties or whatever else, and I bought another property for cash. And every time I bought another property for cash, I had more cash flow to buy another property faster than I did the one before. Does that make any sense? Yeah, that that makes perfect sense. That is a very long-term play versus what you have been considering until this phone call. Sure. 
because you're thinking about getting up a down payment and going buying a nice little duplex in California. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm telling you to wait and pay cash for it, which your friends aren't going to like. And I don't really care. They're wrong. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> but you called knowing you were going to get a different take, which tells me you're actually interested in this take. I am. Yeah. I, I've, I've just been curious what to do because I feel like I've, I've been saving decently and I'd like to continue that. Um, but you know, once you get a certain amount of money, I feel like it burns a little bit of a hole in your pocket. Yep. You're, you're ready to jump into it. Yeah. And you've done really well, Johnny. I mean, let's face it. You're 22 years old. You have 60,000 bucks in the, in the bank and no debt at all. And you're making 5k a month. You're killing it. Ding, I ding. That. Very impressive. And it doesn't sound like you lead a, a super luxurious lifestyle. You're a saver. I, I try to be for sure. There's, yeah. there's a balance. So the key so is to what, keep living on less than you make. What would be interesting if you want to be really nerdy, I don't know how nerdy you are. I'm real nerdy is, and I've done this a couple of times it's, and it, it always, it always works. That's why I'm putting you up to it is if you say, all right, when I'm 42, would I rather own $10 million worth of real estate with $8 million worth of debt? Or would I rather own $3 million worth of paid for real estate? Yeah, I think the clear answer is the three million. Yeah, and then here's what's in, here's the here's the exercise. Run mm-hmm. out the the purchase snowball, which is not a debt snowball, but the, the way I talked about a while ago. Rinse, buy more, buy more, buy more, buy more. Everything's folded back into the next deal, and the slower start ends up with a faster end. The sl- faster start ends up with a slower end. My way is slower start, but has a big time payoff at the end because it hockey sticks from an exponential mathematical equation perspective. Does any of that make sense? Yeah, definitely it does. Because when you get all this property that's sitting there paid for, you are buying more property faster than you would have if you had a whole bunch of property that's not even close to paid for and it's not cash flowing nearly as generously. So the sure, math says I can buy I can buy more property faster now. It's ridiculous what my real estate fund now looks like from my real estate income. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, because <laughs> I'm at the back of the story, right? So, mm-hmm. but I can't get people to to think long term. And I, I might have just got one 22 year old to do it though. I'm impressed. He sounded interested. Yeah, we if we can just get off TikTok, we'll get there. <laughs> For real. Jake is in Des Moines, Iowa. Hi, Jake. How are you? Hey, guys. It's an honor to speak with you. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure. How can we help, sir? Yeah. So I'm 35 years old, have no debt, and am about to step into baby step six. And my question is, uh, you talk about uh, baby step seven, living and giving like no one else. I have no problem with the, the giving aspect of things. The part that is a little tricky for me to wrap my mind around is the living like no one else because uh, I am a pastor. And so to be stepping into baby step seven, hopefully here in the next five or six years, I'm trying to imagine life in my 40s living like no one else while being a pastor and, and living in the community of people who uh, who pay for, <laughs> who have paid for my uh financial success you could say i don't know how else you would put it but how how should i think through that as i look forward to the next five or ten years yeah well um don't muzzle the ox as he treads out the grain you probably read that scripture right yeah 
and a worker is worthy of his hire. You probably read that scripture, right? Mm-hmm. So are you a good pastor and you're worth what they pay you? I, I sure hope so. Okay. <laughs> then if you use that money wisely, in Christianity we would call that good stewardship, wouldn't we? Mm, yeah. And I think you're modeling for those people what good steward, what the results of good stewardship are, that it ends up with wealth. Mm. But we're taught by the by Karl Marx, not by Jesus, that wealth is evil. Mm. Wealth is not evil. People are evil. Particularly some of them in your church. I'm kidding. No. <laughs> but but uh not much. But yeah. Anyway. <laughs> but yeah, but but uh, so you're always gonna have a hater whether you win or you lose if you do it at scale. Mm, yeah. If you lose, you aren't a good steward and you're horrible, and you worked your whole life, and you have nothing to show for it, and we call that being a good steward. That's not a good steward. That means you did a bad job handling your money. Mm. So you're supposed to model for your congregation how to, how to be a good husband, how to be a good dad, right? right? How to be a great leader. We're supposed to model in Christianity. It's called a witness. We call, and yet, when it, my, my friend Craig Rochelle says, why is it that wealth is the only blessing from God we're supposed to apologize for? And I've got several friends that are pastors that are uh, a decade and a half ahead of you, and they're facing the exact same thing because they have systematically, carefully invested in uh, in their 401ks and in their Roth IRAs and in their retirement programs. And some of them have bought real estate carefully, and they, they don't have jet airplanes. They're not on TV. You know, that it's none of that junk. They're just good guys as a pastor, and they've been careful with their income. And most of them are millionaires because they did the stuff I teach. But now mm-hmm. there's always some duper that says, well, a pastor should never be a millionaire. Yeah, that's what I want. I want my pastor to be broke and stupid. No, I don't either. I want my pa- – I don't want – I want, you know, pastor should never – Listen, I want my pastor, I want his marriage to be something I can look up to. I want his kids to be something I can look up to. I want the way he handles money to be something I can look up to. Because obviously the book he is reading has having an effect on his life, and I want to know more about what that book called the Bible says then. But not if you're out, you know, so. But you're always going to be criticized, Jake. Whether it's about your message or the car you drive. There's going to be someone out there. And, you know, you have to get... If you're a Christian, you have to drive a used Accord, because that's what Jesus said. They were all in one Accord. (laughs) Oh, that one still gets me. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey, George Camel here. If you love the show and you want a deeper dive on your money journey, we've got a weekly newsletter that gives you helpful articles and tips on following the Ramsey way. Just go to RamseySolutions.com today to sign up for the newsletter. Again, that's RamseySolutions.com to sign up for our weekly newsletter.